Welcome to the Faith Podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. I'm Pastor Carrick Butler II. We believe today's message will empower you to make Jesus famous in every area of your life. Here's today's message. Amen. You may be seated. Open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5. We're continuing with the Why series. And as we get into the message, one of the things we're doing next week and part of the message is we're going to do a Q&A session as part of the message. And so we've gotten about some good questions already, but if you haven't had a chance to ask your question or you want to ask some more questions, you'll think, well, what should the questions be about? It'll be about practically walking this Christian life out or a topic in the Bible that you're like, you know, I really don't understand it or I don't understand why we say certain things at church this way. Well, why do we do that? If you have those questions, fill it out on this Q&A card. So if you need one of those cards, lift your hands and us, your hostess, will be glad to give you one. Go ahead and turn them in uh, this week so we can answer a lot of these questions next week. Amen. So Ephesians chapter 5. Going to stay in the same vein we were last week. You know, my staff told me I didn't leave anybody with toes last week. And I was like, I was just having fun. They said, yes, we could tell. So Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1. It says, be therefore followers of God as dear children. We said that word follower also means imitator. So yes, God wants us to follow him, but beyond following, he wants us to imitate him just like little children imitate their parents. Now you may have a four-year-old boy, he can't shave, but he's going to try to shave anyways if he sees his father doing it. You may have a little girl who can't wear the shoes that her mother wears, but she's going to try to put them on because she sees her mother wearing them. So in the same way, imitate God, follow God. And last week we went through all the verses, almost all the verses in this chapter, but let's pick up with verse 7. Verse 7, he names all the different things that we shouldn't do because we follow God, we're imitators of God. He says, for such things, the wrath of God falls on the children of disobedience. But because we're the children of obedience, we're supposed to live a different way. Then it says in verse 7, be not ye therefore partakers with them. Don't do the stuff they do. For you were sometimes darkness, but now. Someone say, but now. You are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. So the way we live now is supposed to be acceptable to the Lord. It's supposed to be, as he says in this chapter, walk in the light. That talks about how you live. Your choices, your daily life pattern should be in the light. Now remember what, well, let's go before we even get there. Remember, go to John. Let's go to John 14. We'll look at it. Remember what it said in Psalm 119, 105. It says, walk in the light, as we said in Ephesians. But Psalm says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The entrance of his word gives light. So the word of God lights up where you should walk, what choices you should make, how you should live. We are supposed to live in light of the word of God, not popular philosophy. Now, some people would say, well, you know, I think Jesus was open-minded. 
But I would submit to you that Jesus was pretty close-minded. But you know, our culture likes to recreate things however it fits them today. So let's look at what Jesus said himself. John 14, verse 6. Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. How much close, more, more close-minded can you get? He said, there's no other way to me. No other way people can come up with or get there themselves. They have to come through me. There's only one way. And Jesus said, I am that way. So go to Matthew 7. There is a way. There is a way that God has for you to live. The word will shine light on the way you are living and provide direction and clarity. So you hear the word preacher, you read the word, and it convicts you. Don't feel bad. Just change. Don't go, oh, woe is me. I've been doing it wrong. Just change and live how the word is directing you. Matthew 7, verse 13. Notice what Jesus says here. Enter ye at the straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be which go thereat. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leads unto life. And few there be that find it. Notice what Jesus is saying here. He says the way that you should live is one path. It's not many paths. It's one. But there's a highway to hell. You can take many different ways to get there. You can create ways to get there. But there's only one way to the life that I have for you. So he says, enter at that way, the narrow way, the straight way. And then he goes on, don't be distracted by other people who tell you there are many other ways. There's only one way. God has a way for you to live. It says in, in another version, how narrow is the gate and restricted is the way that leads to life. So God has a set of way that he wants you to live. And the thing is, we don't just think, well, God just made up a whole bunch of rules because he thought it would be fun for us to follow it. Remember, everything God says and does is because he loves you. So if he tells you, live this straight way, it's because he loves you. And anything outside of that straight way will harm you somehow, some way. Any way outside of that way will bring hell into your life. And also, if you don't know him, bring you to hell when you're done. So the straight way is the way of love because he loves you. It's the way he will get you everything you want, everything you desire, everything you're believing for. It's in that straight way. Say, God has a way. When you look at the book of Acts and study the early church, before they were called Christians, they were called followers of the way. They weren't called Christians until Paul was in Antioch. So they would call them followers of the way, followers of that way or this way. They knew because they knew what Jesus said, that he is the way. So they were identified as followers of the way. Now, just because we live in 2015, we can't just claim the name of Christ and live any old way. We have to live the way. When you look at Genesis 6 and you looked at what God said about that generation in the time of Noah, it says they corrupted their way upon the earth. And then it says because they corrupted their way, that they will, the earth and them will be corrupted or destroyed. Same word. What they sold 
in their lifestyle, they reaped in the flood. Whatever way you live, law, seed, time, and harvest works multiple ways. And that includes the way you live, the choices you make on a daily basis. Your choice is a seed. It will produce. If you don't like the way your life is today, look at the choices or the seeds you sowed before. Your thoughts are seeds. Your words are seeds. Your actions are seeds. There always will be a harvest. What way are you living today? So go to Proverbs 16. Don't worry, you guys will smile today. You'll shout today. You'll be happy. If you just look straight forward and smile, shout amen, no one knows I'm talking to you. <laughs> Proverbs 16, verse 25. Notice what it says here. So there is a way that seems right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. So there may be ways that look good to your natural mind, to your flesh, to the world today, to its philosophy, and it seems right to this generation, it seems right to this nation, it seems right to this government, it seems right to our media, but it doesn't mean it really is right. There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end is hell and death. It reminds me of what Judges 21, 25 and Ruth 1, 1 said. It says, in those days there were no king in Israel. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. As we all just saw, that's going to lead to trouble. And the next statement is Ruth chapter 1, verse 1. And it said, now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land. Isn't that interesting? Everybody's doing what they want to do. And then they live in a famine. Seed, time, and harvest. A famine is worse than a depression or a recession. People are starving. And it's the result of the lifestyle choices they made. But go to Proverbs 10. And if God corrects you about something during this message, don't get condemned, just change. Don't feel guilty after you leave here. You have no business feeling guilty after you repent, after you change, after you confess your sins. Jesus bore your guilt. So if you are a believer walking in right fellowship with God, you are not allowed to feel guilty. You have no reason to feel guilty. Oh, I'm not worthy. No, no, no. The blood made you worthy. You are worthy forever. Not because you did right, because Jesus did right. So don't hold on to condemnation and guilt. You cast that aside. I receive my forgiveness. Father, I confess what I did. I missed it. Please forgive me. I receive my cleansing by the blood of Jesus. You right back in right fellowship. Since when you do that, God forgets it. He casts as far as the east is from the west. So you may mess up again. Well, God, I messed up again. He's going, what are you talking about? I don't remember the first time. So if God doesn't remember it, why do you remember it? God's not holding the guilt above you. Even when you mess up and you know you did wrong, 1 John tells you it's your heart that's convicting you. But then it says God is greater than your heart. So you may still feel bad after you ask for forgiveness. Nope, you leave that there because if you stay in that, you're going to keep messing up. But if you walk forward, look at the light, look at the word, you're not going to go backwards. 
So don't feel bad today. Just let it go. I keep saying it. Just let it all go. Proverbs 10, 29. The way of the Lord is strength to the upright. But destruction shall be to the workers of iniquity. We said God has a way for everything. And every way of God is strength. The word strength here means a place or means of safety, protection, refuge, stronghold. So in a culture that there's many ways, God says, I have one way that'll keep you protected, that'll keep you safe, that no one can get to you if you stay in that way, if you stay in that place. People go, well, where is the secret place of the most high God? It's wherever God tells you to be. Because the thing is, God can call you to go to the Middle East in the midst of drama going on in whatever country you pick. But if that's where God tells you to be, it's safer than being in the most secure place in America. Wherever God calls you to be is your safe place. God may call you out of your comfort zone, but he's always calling you to the place you are meant to be. Think about Abram when he was called out of Ur. Why did God call Abram or Abraham to leave there? It's not a deep spiritual answer. That's not where he belonged. God had a place for him, and he had been preparing it for him. So God may cause you to change careers or take a big step of faith. It's not because that God doesn't have your best interest in mind or he just doesn't want you to be comfortable. He knows what you were always created to be. And if you trust him and follow him, he'll take you to that safe place, that place of strength. You just have to be willing to hear from God and change when he says change. We looked at this on Wednesday talking about Elijah, how after he fled from the king, God took care of him by the river. He fed him, he had water, but then the brook dried up. He could have just figured his own plan, but he got the next plan from the Lord. So all, when you're following God, you have to be willing to follow him no matter what he says. You follow him, not emotions, not opportunities, not what men say. You follow what the Holy Ghost is putting in your heart. And what it puts in your heart will always be according to the word of God. So there is a way for you today that is a safe place, a strong place, a place of safety for you, no matter what you're going through. So go to Acts chapter 17. Say, God has a way. We looked at some of his ways last week. We looked at walking in love. That's a way of the Lord. We looked at holiness when we looked at all those other verses in Ephesians. We talked about right living. That are, those are ways of the Lord. So Acts 17. Paul is preaching in the city of Athens place known for philosophy for great thinkers of that day and the hundreds of years before. And notice what it says in verse 18. Then certain philosophers of the Epicureans and the Stoics encountered him and some said, what will this babbler say? Or others, he seems to be a set forth a strange God because he preached unto them Jesus in the resurrection. And they took him and brought him to the Areopagus, saying, May we know what the new doctrine where thou speakest is. For thou bringest certain strange things to our ears, and we would know, therefore, what these things mean. For all Athenians and strangers there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. So notice what the culture is of that city. Remember, this culture you've studied in school and class. It's a place of philosophy. 
So the Areopagus or Mars Hill, the place where the court was, is a place where everybody gathered to hear the new philosophy. So you have all these scientists and philosophers talking about what's going on. You also have all these talk show hosts talking about their opinions and stuff. So imagine every talk show host you can think of gathered in this building. We don't know what you're talking about. Let us interview you today. Every philosopher or a deep person in the secular world you could think of gathered there today. Paul, we want to hear what you're talking about. It sounds strange. We want to know about this Jesus and resurrection. And so Paul is in the middle of all these people looking at him on Mars Hill, which was named after that Greek god. And he says, I perceive you people of Athens are superstitious. And he says, y'all have an idol to everything and everyone. They had so many idols in that city that Paul said, I was walking down the street and I saw an idol says to the unnamed God or to the unknown God, the one we don't know about. We just want to cover all bases just in case we forgot somebody. And Paul said, that unknown God is the one I'm going to tell you about today. And so he builds this case. And then he says, as he tells them about Jesus, about the resurrection, as he tells them about the will of God, it says in verse 30, and the times of this ignorance, the ignorance of worshiping things made by hand, worshiping idols, all the things you created yourself. The times of this ignorance God overlooked at that time period. You didn't know better. But now, say now. now. Commanded all men everywhere to repent. He's in the middle of all these philosophers, all the talk show hosts, all the smart people surrounded by idols. The message I have for you, Athens, is repent. What does the word repent mean? Change your mind and go the other direction. In the midst of all the great philosophies and multitude of idols, Paul said, y'all need to change your mind so you can change your direction. John the Baptist preached repentance. Peter on the day of Pentecost preached repentance. Read the book of Revelation. Jesus to the churches preached repentance. If they missed it, he says, you need to repent. You need to change your mind. You need to go the other direction. Why? They're heading in a way of destruction. They've turned on to the highway of hell. Jesus, I need you to get off that highway and go this way. So repentance is get off the highway of hell that's going to hurt you in the long run and get into the way of the Lord, which is your safe place, your protected place, your blessed place. The place that my love has prepared for you. Repent. Change your mind. And go the other direction. So go to Isaiah 55. God has a way for you to live today. Isaiah 55, verse 6. Isaiah 55, verse 6. If you're new here at faith, we believe in the word of God, not man's opinion. So anytime anyone stands in this pulpit, we're always going to give you the word and nothing but the word and back it up with the word, the word, the word, the word, the word, because that's how we're called to live. Isaiah 55 verse 6. 
Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he's near. Let the wicked forsake or abandon his way. What is that? The wicked way, the highway to hell. Whatever lane in the highway of hell you're on, abandon that lane. Wicked means twisted. That's a simple definition for it. So whatever you're doing is twisted from what, how God really wants you to live. So leave that twisted place and come to the place that I've called you to be. And the righteous man, his thoughts don't think the same way. And let him return unto the Lord. And he will have mercy upon him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon him. Notice if you have to return to the Lord, it's not talking to people who never knew God. It's talking to people who knew him and got on the highway to hell for whatever reason. He says, get off that highway, return to the Lord. He will abundantly pardon. Not only will he take you back, he'll forgive you and treat you like it never happened. His mercy endures forever. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So God's ways are so far higher than ours. His thoughts are so far higher. But we can walk in his ways as imitators and followers of God. It would be unfair for God to say, walk in my ways. They're far higher, but you need to walk in them if you couldn't do it. That means you can. That means everything in this Christian walk you can do. But the thing is nothing in this Christian walk we're supposed to do by yourself. It's all supposed to be by the strength and the help of the Holy Ghost. That's why he lives on the inside of you, gave you the fruit of the Spirit for your Christian character. Then he came upon you to give you power to be a witness. It's not supposed to be by your own willpower, but it's supposed to be by the power of the Holy Ghost. He can help you. People think, well, preachers have an extra anointing to live holy. No, we don't. We just got to make the same decisions you do. You can make those decisions and live that way consistently because the power is in consistency by following the Holy Ghost. We can think his thoughts with the mind of Christ because we've been given the mind of Christ. So if we think like him, act like him, we get his results. So before we even go further, I want to remind you of Colossians 3 verse 2, which says, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. In other words, get your heads in the clouds. Some people think, well, you're just so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. No, no, no. So many people are so earthly minded, they're no heavenly good. Paul is telling them, in another translation, see things from God's perspective. See how God sees it. His ways are far different than our ways. He has a way to live that if you live this way, it's going to turn out for your blessing. We looked at this example maybe a few Wednesdays ago. And I said, imagine if you were seated right next to God like Ephesians 1 says you are. And imagine you were looking at your problem way down on the earth. So before you could even get to see that problem, you have to remember around God's throne is the glory of God. It's his power. It's his majesty. It's heavy with everything good. So if you could see through that goodness, there are angels that circle his throne all the time. Angelic power. 
They obey the voice of the word of the Lord. So if you can see your problem through the glory, through the power, the majesty, and the strength of the angels, there's a rainbow that circles his throne too that represents the promise of God. So to see your problem, you have to look through the glory. You have to look through angels. You have to look through these precious promises. And it's still far below you. You need to change your perspective about how big your situation really is. Change your perspective. See it through the glory. See it through angels. See it through the promise of the faithfulness of God. Because if you can still see it, you stop stressing, oh no, God can handle that. If he handled all this other stuff, I'm just going to sit down right next to my father and let him do that work. That's one of the ways of God change your perspective. But then, when you look at Isaiah 55, you have to understand it's connected to Isaiah 54 and Isaiah 53. So let's go back to Isaiah 53, verse 4, and we'll work our way back here. Let's look at the way of God. And in this chapter, Isaiah is prophesying about the sufferings of Jesus. Verse 4, surely he has borne our griefs, our sicknesses, and carried our sorrows, our pains. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our rebellion. That's what transgression means. He was bruised for our iniquity. That's depravity. The chastisement or the punishment of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. What is one of the way of the Lord? That Jesus took your place. That you do not have to pay for your sins. Not one. Some of us believe that, okay, I don't have to go to hell because Jesus paid my price. But then they think, well, I messed up my life so much, I got to fix it myself. I was such a hot mess when I was raising my kids, I got to somehow fix that relationship myself. Or I smoke so much, I have cancer in my lungs, I got to fix it myself or I'm stuck with it forever. No, if you didn't have to pay for your sins, why do you have to pay for your sickness as a result of your sin? Why do you have to fix your family on your own as a result of your sin? There is a God in heaven who looks down below, who lives on the inside of you, who wants to fix everything because Jesus took your place. That's the way of God. Not you doing it yourself. God saying, I'm God. I'm your father. I love you. Just let me get involved in your situation. Let me heal your body. Let me deliver you. Let me give you peace of mind. Let me make your family whole today. That's the way of the Lord. Verse 10, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When thou shalt make us an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many. You are not an old sinner saved by grace. You are saved by grace. You can walk into heaven today before the throne of God in prayer and God doesn't see all your faults. He sees you as justified. You have a right to walk in there. Think about it today. The president's kids have a right to go into the White House. They have a right to go into office. They belong there because who their daddy is. I want to remind you today who your father is. You have a right at the throne of God. When he sees you coming, he doesn't see trouble. He says, that's my beloved son and daughter. That is the way of the Lord. 
You are justified. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And then it goes on, verse 12. Therefore, will I divide him a portion with the great. And he should divide the spoil with the strong. Who's the great you are? Who's the strong you are? By his grace, you've been made strong. Your status changed. So not only are you redeemed from everything, every reward Jesus got. He shares it with you. He's the heir of all things. So he gave it to you. Go to verse 54, chapter 54. Sing, O barren. Well, I guess so. You read chapter 53, you should sing and shout. But now it's a sing, O barren, thou that did not bear, break forth into singing and cry aloud, thou that did not travail with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, says the Lord. Wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. More are the kids of the people who never had kids, couldn't have kids, than the people who had kids this whole time. What happens? It's the way of God. That there may have been things you couldn't do because of what went on in your family, what went on with your past. But when Jesus, when the blood is applied, when the power of God is applied, your natural limitations don't matter anymore. So there may be something in your life that is unproductive, unfruitful, and they said you can never change. It can never change in your life. But the word of God to you this morning is it's time for you to sing and it's time for you to shout because verse 2, enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch forth the curtains of thy habitation. Spare not, lengthen thy cords and strengthen thy sakes. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left and your seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make desolate cities to the inhabitants. Fear not. You should not be afraid because what's coming upon you is so much more than you can handle so you have to enlarge everything you have to receive what God has coming to you it's the way of the Lord go I didn't deserve it bingo you don't deserve any of it but God loves you so much he wants to give you everything so fear not for thou shalt not be ashamed Neither be thou confounded, for thou shalt put to shame, for you shall forget the shame of your youth. You shall not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. For thy maker is thy husband, the Lord of hosts is his name, and thy redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Don't be stressed about anything. Everything in your past that should have caused you shame, that should have hung around with you for the rest of your life. Once the blood is applied, your past is irrelevant. Your future is as bright as God can make it. And that's really bright. So it goes on through this chapter, making promises to the church, promises to Israel. But let's pick up with verse 13. And all thy children shall be taught of the Lord. And great shall be the peace of thy children. So your child can be far away from God today. They could be on drugs, doing whatever God has called them not to do. But you're in the kingdom. God has a way of putting a hook in the spirit of people and bringing them back in. When there are praying people who stand in faith and pray the word, God knows how to get your child back home. So what you should be saying is, all my children are taught of the Lord. They hear his voice, the voice of a stranger they shall not follow. Great is their peace. Great is their shalom. Great is their nothing missing, nothing broken. They have wholeness. That's what I say for my children. He said, well, I messed them up, but Jesus can fix them. Yeah. 
in righteousness shalt thou be established. Thou shalt be far from oppression. For thou shalt not fear and from terror. For it shall not come near thee. Everybody's scared of terrorist attacks and what the enemy can do. Not you. You're in the secret place of the most high God. Doesn't matter what the enemy does. You are exempt. You are protected. Psalm 1 of you, your life is redeemed from destruction. You hold these promises. Doesn't matter what goes on on this earth, you can miss it. And even if you're in a place the enemy targets, the Holy Ghost says, it's time for you to go. Behold, they shall surely gather together, but not by me. Whoever shall gather together against thee shall fall for your sake. So don't be afraid of haters. Just know they're going down. Behold, I have created the smith that bloweth the coals in the fire, and that bringeth forth an instrument for his work. I've created the waste to do destroy. God says, look, I created everybody. I even created the devil. When I created him, he wasn't the devil, he was Lucifer. People make decisions. They make choices. They can go against God. And because they go against God, they may choose to go against you. But God said, I made them all, but I know how to take care of it. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness of me, says the Lord. How many of you are servants of the Lord? How many of you are the righteousness of God? No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Meaning the weapon will be formed. It may fire, but it won't work. Everything Satan attended can't come to pass. See, Satan is not even in your class. So it doesn't matter what he tries to do. You remember the word. No weapon. And every tongue that comes against you, every lie that comes against you, he's like, no, no, I condemn that right now. They will be proven in the wrong. Lies can't stick to you. Then you get to chapter 55. Oh, everyone that thirsts, come to the waters. And he that have no money, come eat by. Wait a minute, if you're broke, how can you buy? And eat ye, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread? And your labor that which satisfies none. Hearken diligently unto me. And eat ye that is good, and let your soul delight in fatness. Incline your ear and come unto me. Hear, and your soul shall live. Wait a minute. He's talking to people that didn't have money to buy what they needed. What is the solution? Listen to me. In the instruction of the Lord is how to get everything you're believing for. God didn't say you had to pay for it. He did say you have to believe for it. So what is something that's going on in your life? He says, there's no way I can pay off this student loan. There's no way I can pay off this house, this car, this or that. I had a medical situation. Now I have all this debt, this and that. How can I do that? The Holy Ghost says today, just listen to me. I got this. Because see, the thing is, you can probably think about five different ways how you can pay for everything. But God's got a billion. If you listen to the Holy Ghost. He can move you into places far beyond anything you pray, think, for, or imagine. So as I did on Wednesday, I say over you today, I decree supernatural debt cancellation. I command every student loan paid off, every house paid for, every car paid for, every debt canceled. And Father, as their man of God, I ask that you give them wisdom to manage what you're bringing into their hands. 
Why not? <laughs> well, I'm still got stuff places to go. Glory. And then you get into what we just read, which verse 6, 7, 8, 9. But verse 10, for as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returns not there, but waters the earth and make it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish the thing which I please and it shall prosper the thing whereunto I sent it. So imagine the intention of God by giving you this message today. He said, it will accomplish what I said. So you have to be like the good ground in Mark chapter 4 and let the word go in your heart, meditate on that word, protect it, let it grow and let it produce. Because then it goes on and says, for you shall go out with joy and be let forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree. Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. And it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Notice, what God wants to do in your life is not just going to affect you. It's going to affect everything around you. So you could be in such a bad condition that everything around you is broke, busted, disgusted, sick, and depressed, and looking like hell. But God, the word has been sent. And in that word is the power of the blessing to cause everything to come to pass that you're believing for. So when the word hits your life, it's not just going to change you. It's going to change everything around you. It's going to get everybody's attention go, I know them. They could have not done that by themselves. How in the world did you make that happen? Oh, no, no, it wasn't me. I was walking in the way of the Lord and Jesus did it. They don't got to be spiritual. Well, tell me about your Jesus. Because I need that manifestation in my life. This is God's word for your life. Proverbs. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Israel Holton, but I don't know why you're playing on my iPad. Yes, he is. He is amazing. <laughs> so I want to tell you about another way of the Lord. Go to Proverbs 13, 22 real quick. Proverbs 13, verse 22. This is the way of the Lord. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. And the wealth of the sinner... Is laid up for the who? Wait a minute, what did the blood make you? Didn't we just leave in Isaiah 53 where he has justified you? So that means there's some money laid up for you? The Amplified Version says the wealth of the sinner finds its way eventually into the hands of the righteous for whom it was laid up. The New Living Translation says, but the sinner's wealth passes to the godly. So if you're in a basketball game, someone can pass the ball, but you know you need to catch it. 
So in these times, you need to position yourself to receive what's about to be passed unto you. Proverbs 10, verse 2 and 3. Treasures of wickedness profit nothing, but righteousness delivers from death. The Lord will not allow or suffer the soul of the righteous to famish or go hungry, but he cast away the substance of the wicked. What do you do with the substance of the wicked? He cast it away. Why? Job 27, 16 and 17. Though he heap up silver as the dust and prepare raiment as the clay, he may prepare, but the just, who? Shall put it on. And the innocent shall divide the silver. So the thing is, wicked people may get a whole lot of money, but that don't matter. Proverbs 28, 8. He that by usury and unjust gain increases his substance, he shall gather it for him that will pity the poor. So there's a whole bunch of wicked people stocking up money. And they think they're going to keep it. Ecclesiastes chapter 2 verse 26. For God gives to the man that is good in his sight. The man who's good in his sight is walking in the way of the Lord. They're not on the highway to hell. They're walking that straight and narrow path. He gives who is good in sight wisdom and knowledge and joy. But to the sinner, he gives jobs to everybody. He gives a ministry to the sinner. He gives travail or this job, this ministry to gather and to heap up that he may give to him that is good before God. So you see a wicked, wealthy person? Don't get mad. They may say wicked things on TV, do a whole bunch of messed up stuff. Don't stress. Don't even talk bad about them. Just say, oh, they work for me. One more scripture. Go to James chapter 5. There are things being laid up for you. How many of you know we live in the last days? Okay, just know that as we read James chapter 5. First one. And when you look at the context of chapter 5, he's addressing the wicked rich. James chapter 5, verse 1. Go to now, you rich men, weep and howl for your miseries that shall come upon you. Your riches are corrupted and your garments are mouth-eaten. Your gold and silver is cankered and the rest of them shall be a witness against you. And shall eat your flesh as it were fire. You have heaped treasure together for when? For when? Didn't we just say that it's the last days? Didn't we say the wealth of the wicked is being laid up? When was it laid up for? And y'all live in the last days, right? And y'all the just, right? All right, we'll keep going. Behold the hire of laborers who have reaped down your fields, which you have kept back by fraud, cries out. So these people are rich because they've taken other people's wages. They've held back what doesn't belong to them. But your cries have risen to the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts, the God of angel armies. You have lived in pleasure because you've stolen from people. You have been wanton. You have nourished your hearts as in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and killed the just. And he does not resist you. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husband awaits for the precious fruit of the earth and has long patience for it until he receives the early and the latter rain. Be also patient 
Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord draws not. A lot of times we read this, he's just talking about the rapture. No, he's talking about two different things. Two different huge moves of God. When you look at verse 7, be patient because God's going to come and move and do such a thing that is going to transfer the wealth. It's the former and the latter rain. When you look at the book of Joel, it's the former latter rain. It talks about right before that verse how the vats will be filled with oil and wine and wheat. Full. What would it take for you to be full? And it's not going to be through social justice that's going to happen. It's going to be by the Holy Ghost. That's, there's going to be such a divine wealth transfer in these days that he's going to give it to you. And then after that, he'll be also patient because Jesus is coming back. So before Jesus comes back, there's going to be such a transfer to the just, such a transfer to the righteous, such a transfer to the people we call the ecclesia, the called out ones of God. Such a transfer in these last days that it's going to make people's heads spin. Why? It was laid up for you all this time. So God can call you to do something that's impossible to you. I can't pay for it, Jesus. He didn't ask you to pay for it. He asked you to believe for it. There's a whole bunch of things I'm believing for. How can we build a stadium? How are we going to do that? I got other stuff immediately I got to focus on. But I don't got to pay for that. I just believe God. If he said it, it's going to come to pass. So what are some things God's been putting on your heart that you said was impossible? That she says, it can't happen for me. I'm this, I'm that. My family's this or that. My education, this or that prevents me from going there. Or you might have said, well, I've been following God for a long time. Where is it? That's why he said, be patient for it. Because God may not pay up every Friday. But when he pays up. It's a reason why we take laps around this church. Because some of y'all in the days that come and run to such paydays, we don't even start praise and worship yet. We just see people taking laps. Like Minister Roswell, everybody running. said, so we don't know. They just came in shouting. The transfer. I want to read you this prophecy by Charles Capps. He called this wealth transfer a financial inversion. He said, financial inversions shall come forth from this that has been wrought. So it shall be that the desire to move in the, that God has a desire to move in the realm of your financial prosperity. Then he says that the Lord tells him to release him to do it. He says, yes, it'll be a time and in this hour of financial distress here and there, the economy shall go up and down as it did in days past. But there's coming a financial inversion to the world system. Things that have been held in the reservoir of the wicked, he calls it. And then he says something very interesting. But it shall be, saith the Lord, that the word of the Lord shall rise within men, men of God, that they'll give small at first because that's all they have, but then it will increase. And through the hundredfold return, reservoirs of the wicked will be released to them. And it will go from the wicked and it will go to the gospel. He said, for it shall be in this time, because the ways of men have failed. And the ways of God shall come to pass. And he says, as men walk in my word, so shall they walk in the ways 
of the Lord. And so he goes on to say that this financial transfer is a way of God that people will walk in. And he was prophesying about this time. Charles Caps has gone on to be with the Lord. But he was seen into a time of people walking in the way of God. And God gave them everything he promised. So the thing is, stop trying to figure out everything with your own mind. Because if you could have done it, you would have done it a long time ago. You can't do it by your own power, your own ability, your own education. You don't know enough people. You may be cute, but you ain't that cute. You can't do it by yourself. But there's a God in heaven whose name is El Shaddai. The God who is more than enough. He is Jehovah, Jireh, the God who sees and provides. Like, well, Pastor, why are you talking about money? Because people need money. Number one reason marriages break up, money. So I'm not going to be ashamed to talk about money just because the media will talk about Christians who have money. I can't believe that preacher talked about money. Well, you got money. I really want a reporter one day to respond to a preacher. And it may not be me because the Lord may not let me say it. But here's what I would love the Lord to let happen. A reporter asked, well, how much do you make? And the preacher responds, well, how much do you make? Well, how's that relevant? I share good news. You share news. I want to know what your salary is. Well, I don't release that information. So why should I? Wait a minute. Don't let the world trick you about what you should have. Because the way of Satan is to go after the pulpit, then hit you. So remember why before the revelation of the word began to grow in the last 200 years about you don't have to be broke. People preach poverty. So the church stayed broke. So if I'm not preaching brokenness, I'm preaching prosperity. If you believe it, you follow the way of the Lord, what's going to happen to you? Some of y'all got it. We are talking about times of judgment. Remember, judgment cuts both ways. This meter hits both ways. It may be judgment on one side, but for those in the way of the Lord. We've been preaching get right almost the entire summer. Those in the way of the Lord. It's the best time to be alive. There are prophets of old looking through the windows of heaven. Apostles looking down. Oh, what God is about to do. We want to cheer on. Remember, you have a cloud of witnesses cheering you on. They're looking to this time because it's the last days. You don't put the scrubs in at the end of the game. You put in the best players. And not only is God putting the best players, he's bringing out the best weapons, the strongest weapons. Why? God's about to show up and show out. He's about to release visitations, manifestations, demonstrations. It's going to be on such a level that you can't explain with your natural mind. I always say this, but I can't sing like Tasha Cobbs. You just say Jesus did it. If y'all can sing like her, y'all can sing it like she did. But give all glory to Jesus. Because when you do, it makes him famous. Don't take credit for this. Oh, you know, I just had a good investing tip. Don't take the credit for it. The Holy Ghost told you where to invest. Oh, but I was just driving by and I just thought it would be a good idea if I bought that property. Don't take credit for it. No, Jesus did it. He told me. Well, that's not, you can't say that on CNBC. Yes, Jesus did it. And if you listen to him, it'll happen to you too. Because God doesn't play favorites. He just respects faith. 
That's why all of October we're preaching on faith. You may say, I have no faith, but by the time you get out of October, you have faith to take down giants and everything you can imagine. Because the way of the Lord to get things to you is through the channel of grace. That means you didn't earn it. You just opened the door of faith to receive it. Everything belongs to you. You're joining heirs with Jesus. Everything. It's time for you to get what belongs to you. Activate the laws. Follow the Holy Ghost. Stay in the will of the Lord. Keep your mouth right and walk in love. Don't be mad at wicked people for doing wicked things. They're wicked. Just get over it. They're going to do wicked things. They're going to sin. Forgive them. I forgive everybody of everything. I'm not standing unforgiveness. It's unforgiveness is going to keep me broke. Now that can go. Because you can be bitter if you want to. I'd rather be blessed. It's like, well, they should know what they did to me. Now you can try to make it right or you can let God make it right. Vengeance is his, saith the Lord. Not yours. Let God handle his business. You handle your business. So you just, this whole week, you just have a little song in your heart. So a bounce in your step. Because you wake up in expectation, this just could be the day. Everything I believe for. Everything I've imagined. Because when it hits you, you're not going to know how to react. Some of you talk a lot, but when it hits you, y'all going to be quiet. You're like... They're speechless. What happened? Some of you are going to forget how to act dignified. You're like, I'm a dignified person. I don't know why that pastor runs around the church and dances on the altar. I don't know why he does those things. But some of y'all will have a quick revelation that day when it hits. Y'all be screaming and dancing. People th- suits be flying. We be falling out. Y'all don't even care. It's like, I can buy some new one after this. I'm just here to tell you today, God's got some stuff in store that he's about to do very, very soon. See, when we look at the word of God, there's a word suddenly. But when you look at the story, there's a whole bunch of drama that happened before the suddenly. So there's time of issues and mess and persecution and affliction then suddenly. You've been through so much. You've gone through stuff after stuff after stuff. Crazy after crazy, mess after mess. Suddenly. So look for your suddenly this week. And cry, Lord, what do you want me to do today, sir? How do you want me to handle this? For the time of your suddenly is at hand. The time of your supernatural debt cancellation is at hand. The time for the salvation of your family is at hand. The time of your restoration is at hand. The time of your breakthrough is at hand. The time of everything you've been praying for, believing for, confessing, speaking is at hand. That's what time it is. You go, what time is it? 11.40 something? No, no, no. The time of the suddenly. The time of my manifestation. You have to understand we're ending the last part of 2015. So everything God said about this year, if it hasn't happened yet, you grab it in faith. It's going to happen in the next three months. And what the word t- Lord told us on a Wednesday night is 2016 will be even better than that. 
So some of you, y'all may not have dances, you just may want to buy some. You may look at you, she's like, ooh, these are uncomfortable to shout in, but you just, glory to God. I'm just here to encourage you this morning. Stick with God, because all he's showing up, stick with you. And it'll be more than worth it. When it happens, you'll go, you know, I'm just so glad I stuck with God. You know, there was some struggles, but I forgot what that tasted like, what that felt like. Because God paid up in such a way. He restored me in such a way. God made everything right. That's why his name is Jehovah Tiskanu. The God our righteous, the one who makes everything all right. Not all right like okay. All becomes right. Glory. Oh, that's all I got. Glory to God. 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 Oh, we give you praise, sir. Glory to God. Glory to God. We believe your word. We trust your word. We believe for the suddenly. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory, glory, glory. Glory, glory, glory. Go ahead, sir. Beautify your church. Beautify Zion. Remove the spots. Remove the wrinkles. Restore like you said. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Get ready, get ready, get ready. <laughs> Glory to God. Before we even play, because y'all have to learn how to shout at home when there's no music. When there's not 400 people shouting with you. So if you actually believe what God said, you can sit down if you want to. You can be quiet and calm and dignified. But if you actually believe it, just put a praise on it. Just begin to shout and celebrate like the word is true. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You're faithful. You're faithful. You're faithful. What you said will come to pass. It'll all come to pass at last. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Glory to the Lamb of God. Glory to the Lamb of God. Glory to God. Begin your days in praise. Begin your days in faith and hope and expectation. Begin your day by giving God glory. Doesn't matter what happens that day. You just know in everything by prayer and supplication and thanks let your request be made known unto God. So it doesn't matter what happens in the middle. Father, I give this to you. I ask that you intervene and I give you glory for bringing me out. You have to learn to shout all week long. And then you come back on Sunday as we begin to praise God. You remember everything he did that week. You can't even be, give a cute praise anymore. You're the first one running up to the altar going, glory to God, he did it again for me. 
just tell you about the Holy Ghost. The time that you're in is the time you want to be in. It's not to go, oh, well, it happened all these years ago. Forget what happened. Focus on what's happening and what God is about to do in your life. You stay in faith. You stay believing. You stay confessing. You walk the way of the Lord and you celebrate and you praise God before it happens because praise is the way of the Lord. Giving glory is the way of the Lord. Shouting and celebrating is the way of the Lord. Not looking all dignified and cute, but praising God like he will do what you've been believing for is the way of God. Hallelujah. We're still in good time. It hasn't even been an hour and 45 minutes. So you football people, you're still okay. But I really think this season we're in is not football season. It's manifestation season. It's suddenly season. It's a season of the glory of God. It's a season of visitation, manifestation, and demonstration. So people may be entering into the fall. But for us, we're entering into our best days. We're entering into the glory days. We're entering into days that we could dream of. How God turned the captivity of Zion. We were like those who dreamed. Our mouth was filled with laughter. Our tongues filled with singing. <laughs> glory to God. Glory to God. <laughs> glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Our mouth was filled with laughter. For the joy of the Lord is our strength. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Joy unspeakable, full of glory. So you have to learn how to laugh. Doesn't matter what the report says. Ha, ha, ha. You may not feel like laughing. It may be the driest laugh ever. Ha, ha, ha. Because what Satan's going to try to do after this message and later this week, oh no, that can't happen for you. Don't you know you're stuck with that sickness for the rest of your life? Don't you know you got to have diabetes? Ha, ha, ha. The devil said, what? I got to be sick? Ha, ha. Oh, you got to be broke. Don't you know you've made too many financial misdecisions? Ha, ha, ha. Oh, no, nobody can get saved in your family. All too far gone. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, you never get ahead in life. Nope. Ha, ha, ha. Because remember, the devil is a liar. So he's trying to convince you something. It's not the truth. So you say, wait a minute, I know the truth. And say that you hate it when I praise God. So I'm going to take this time and give God glory. And y'all already know I'm about to run. I believe God. And it shall be seen. Take it, Mike.
every day. That's what you do every day. Dance before the Lord. Shout before the Lord. Give Him glory. Don't get into doubt and fear. You just give Him glory. You just praise God. And watch what He'll do for you. And when He does it, you give Him some more glory. And He told everybody, look what Jesus did for me. Because we overcome the devil by the word of our testimony. Look what Jesus did for me. He can do it for you too. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. We thank you, sir. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I hope you enjoyed today's message. We never want to close a broadcast without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. So if you've never asked him into your heart, you've never made him your Lord and Savior, pray this prayer with me today and mean it from your heart. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that he died for me, but on the third day, you raised him from the dead. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me now. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your spirit and help me to live this Christian life. If you prayed that prayer and meant it from your heart, we believe you've been born again. We ask that you email us at info at FCCGA.com. That's FCCGA.com to let us know about the decision you've made for Christ today. Also, if you want to support the ministry financially, you can go to FCCGA.com and follow the directions there. Have an amazing day.